invented. I was a drum major in the marching band. I was in the pep band. I invented bands after a while. I just started making up bands in high school. I, I want to see it. Bandos. All right. How many people know that band has a very special culture? All right. And if you're not in that culture, you don't understand it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's no bandos here, right? You guys don't understand. Well, how about any track people? Who plays track? Okay. We're, volleyball? Volleyball? What else do we got? Drama? Oh, drama has a culture. Who's on drama team? Any drama people? Are you really in the drama club? Dude, orchestra, same thing as the band. She's like, oh, she's a real band snob. She goes, it is not band. We have strings, okay? That's part of their culture. Every group of people, every family, they have a certain culture, a way of doing things. December 26, 2015. <laughs> December 26, 2015. A day I'll never forget. December 26, 2015 was the first day that my son, my loin, the seed of my loin, my, my, my offspring, the first, you're like, that is not the proper use of that word. I know, I messed up, but I caught it, right? That was December 26, 2015, the first day that my son Micah spent Christmas with my family. Dude, come on, right? Come on, shucks. Right? Dude, like, no, 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 don't clap. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't hard. I mean, it was great, actually, right? And so we, so, so we brought Micah home, and I'll never, ever forget that day, right? We actually, you're like, December 26th is not Christmas, Sam. And you're like, oh, we spent Christmas a day later. So we were actually here for Christmas in the Couve, and then we flew out Christmas night, flew overnight, landed at 8 o'clock in Philly. And so my parents, they were so nice, they did Christmas a day later, right? And they were like, it's Christmas somewhere in the world, right? And so, actually, no, because we're behind, right? Yeah, never mind. So we had our own Christmas, but I'll never forget the day because when I went home, it was different this time. When I went home, I didn't simply go to a house, all right? I didn't simply go to my family. I didn't simply visit 36 Orchard View Drive, Effort, Pennsylvania. Yes, my hometown name is Effort. <laughs> I remember I moved there from New York City. I'm like, what do they do, try hard? And then everybody, like, hated me because I was from the city. And they're like, go back to where you came from, city boy. I was like, thanks, I wish I could. I'm 13. <laughs> I don't drive. <laughs> or have money. Stop! All right, so, effort uh, Pennsylvania, I realized this past Christmas, I wasn't simply going to a home. I wasn't simply going to a house. I wasn't simply visiting some family members. You know what I did on December 26, 2015? I went to a culture. <laughs> I went to a culture, a very distinct culture, one that is very different than what me and my wife are used to for the last four years. I went to an environment, I went to an atmosphere, a culture that had a very special way of doing things. How many people have some, uh, let's just, let me put it this way. How many people have crazy families, right? <laughs> Dude, I went home, and I'm going to do this. I want to introduce you to my family. But before we do, you got to understand a few things. Let me give you some background. That way you don't judge me, all right? First of all, my family's Puerto Rican. Enough said. Second of all, my family's Puerto Rican, okay? And third of all, my family's Puerto Rican, right? And so without you thinking I'm racist because I'm Puerto Rican, I'm not stereotyping my own people, right? Dude, crazy, loud, and fun. You guys know what I'm talking about? Any anybody know Hispanic families, right? You know your Hispanic family, right? You're like, I watched the Hispanic television show once. It's exactly like that. 
That's exactly what it's like. And so I went home, and from the moment I walked through the door, my wife and I were like, we are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Every community has its own culture. And I wish, man, looking back, I wish I took more video of what my family was like, because you guys wouldn't believe me. Like, it was legit a TV show. There was times that I was looking around, and I'm like, am I the only one seeing this? And my wife would give me that, like, And I'm like, all right, good. I know I'm not the only crazy one. She's like, I know. Just bear with it. It's your family. And so I don't have a video from this past Christmas break, but I do have a video of my family that I think will show you exactly what they're like, and then we can extrapolate from there. So go ahead and show them. Crank that volume. So pause, pause, pause. Pause the video. Ah! All right. So I guess you can't pause. You can go back. So ba just go back to the like, title, right? Some background here. One year ago from Christmas. <laughs> one year ago from Christmas. <laughs> one year ago from this past Christmas, we went home and told my parents that we were having a baby. That's all I got to say. Watch this video. Oh, wait. Here's how we showed them we had a baby. We didn't tell them. What we did was we bought them a digital picture frame, and we preloaded it with photos of our family. And so as it's going through... There was a photo of a, son a sonogram. What do they call it? Instagram? Uh, ultrasound. <laughs> there was a photo of, a, of an ultragram in there, right? And as they're, as they're looking through it, I'm telling you, this is how oblivious my family is. They didn't even catch it the first time. But just, just watch. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. These are, these are photos from the vacation. Who's Philip? Oh, 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 no. Oh, I got to see. Look at Barbara. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my favorite vacation. That's, That's your Uncle Sam. Oh, yeah. Surprise at the end. Oh, that? Uh, Maria, oh. when she found out she was pregnant. Oh. oh, is that you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uncle Sam. Is it? There's more on there. Or is, on it, the or is it a joke? Wait, hold on. That's not my thing. How does he have my picture? Look, look, there's more. Wow. Man, my hair was gray then. It's getting darker. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, oh, yeah. Barbara got cut off. Barbara. Oh, I should have the other picture. Uh, and who's that? Who's that, that Mom? That's Jordan. Mom, that's that? Jordan! If there was, if there was like captions on this, after my mom's screen, all the caption would say is unintelligible noise, right? All right. So this is, listen, this is what they did when they found out I was pregnant. Imagine what they did when they met him. This is what they did when they found out Jordan was pregnant. Imagine what they did when they actually met the nugget. That's what they called him when they first found out she was pregnant. Oh, you have a nugget inside you. Imagine. Imagine how crazy they went when they actually met the baby for the first time. Can you imagine? I didn't record. That's what I should have done. Can you imagine what it was like in my house when my dad was holding his grandson for the first time ever? Dude, every community has a culture. Can you imagine it? 
You don't need to imagine it. I'm going to tell you this, all right? Buckle up. It's crazy. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I swear, I'm not exaggerating, all right? This is how it goes in my house, right? This is a, a, every day, but I'm going to actually, pictures. I do have some pictures, right? Pictures. So Christmas Day, these are my sisters. I have five sisters, no brothers. Yep, I know. Keep going, right? This is, uh, this is everybody all together, extended family. We had 11 people around a table that fit 10 for Christmas Day, right? So plus the kids. Keep going. I wanted to, I'm showing you these couple pictures because I try to get a picture of us having dinner, but you notice every picture has blurring hands. That's because we talk like this, right? Every, every community has a culture. Every family has a way of doing things. So look, there's Barbara. Her hands are moving mid-talk. You go, there's me. That's Micah. He's the flash, also known as the blur there. And so here's a, you can leave that up. Let me paint you a picture of what my family is like when Micah comes, right? We come in, and first of all, in our Puerto Rican family, everybody talks at the same time. Everybody talks at the same time, right? They're not even saying the same thing, so it's not like a nice chorus of harmony. No, no, everybody's just talking, and as I'm talking to you, you're talking to me, and it's like somehow they know it, right? So everybody's talking, but then, here's where it gets crazy. They think Micah's deaf. That's the only way I can describe it. Because every time it's like, hey, how are you? I'm talking to you. You're an adult. Nice to meet you. I'm going, oh, the baby. Look at the baby. Can you hear me? The baby. Right? So you have everybody's talking in the kitchen, same time. And then you have everybody's passing around Micah like a hot potato. And they all talk to him like he's deaf. The baby. So now it's just like this babbling brook, right? It's just getting loud, right? And then because we're a crazy family, we buy our dog toys, but we don't get them unless they make noise, right? And so at the same time, running around the kitchen, you have this, and it's just a dog. He's just going to town on this toy foot, right? Dude, every community has a culture, right? And so he's going to town. There's just this noise. There's just noise, right? And then we have children. Did you guys hear my niece in there? Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Oh, my gosh. Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. What? So there's Aaliyah, Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam. And then, I don't know who, Santa Claus made a boo-boo this year. He decided, you know what he got my niece for Christmas? He got her a remote control car, but you can't turn it left or right. So it's one with like, it's like a tricycle with big wheels, and it just makes noise. And it just keeps flipping over and over. And so, so right in the middle of this, Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, oh, the baby, the baby, Uncle Sam. Uncle, it's just a remote control car, just going around the kitchen, right? I'm like, all right. I'm sitting in the kitchen. I'm like, I love my family. I've been here for less than 24 hours. She hands off the remote control car to one of my twin sisters. So now she's doing the remote control car, and Aaliyah picks up one of her other Christmas toys, which is a sewing machine. Who gets a five-year-old a sewing machine for Christmas? And so now it's more like a jackhammer. I'm like, what are you sewing? The napkins, Uncle Sam. She's sewing the napkins. And so now, guys, the sound is at this level that I'm just sitting there on the couch in the living room. I'm like, what is happening? And to top it all off, my sister Barbara. Anybody know Barbara here? And she lives in the Couve now. You guys met Barbara? Dude, this is what Barbara does. When it starts getting loud, she starts matching it. So it's like loud. She's like, oh. She just sings opera, right? <laughs> and I just, this, I'm like, what is happening? So I walk into the other room, and I'm like, and I see Barbara, and she's laying there on the floor. And I just had enough. I was like, stop it! And I go to bar, and I just, it hit me. As the volume rivaled the sound of a thousand waterfalls, I finally realized no one's communicating. We're just making noise. 
And so I go to my sister, and I grab her, like, Barbara! What is happening right now? Why is it so loud? It's just, and I'm just blowing up on Barbara while everybody's in the room. The baby, the baby. Right? Barbara, why is it so loud? And my sister, she's a goofball. She's kind of hilarious when it's not at you because then it's frustrating. And she looks at me and she goes, Sam, it's who we are. And without even trying, my sister taught me probably the most profound truth that I learned this past Christmas break. My sister taught me this. Who you are determines what you do. Right? She's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, why are we so loud? And she looks at me like, Sam, it's what we do. It's who we are. We're cassises. Of course we're loud. As the guy with the microphone screams at the top of his lungs. <laughs> of course we're loud. Who you are determines what you do. Who you are determines what you do. Every community, every culture, every group of people, as they come together, they have a way of doing things, right? We're cassises. Therefore, we are loud, crazy, and obnoxious. Who you are determines what you do. And so, friends, my only question for you guys tonight is this. Citizens, you are gathered here together on a Wednesday. There's a ton. I'm going up on a Wednesday. Remix, right? So here you are on a Wednesday, and you guys could be anywhere else. And yet, there's 100 people here on a Wednesday night gathered together. Why? My question is, who are you? Who you are determines what you do. So friends, look at me. Who are you? Who are we? And what I want to do is I want to answer this question because if we don't understand who it is that we are, then how can we understand what it is that we're to do? If we don't understand who we are, if you guys don't have an understanding when your friends ask you, why do you go there on Wednesday night? If you don't understand who we are, how are we to know what we should be like? Well, I'm a cassis. I know who that is. Therefore, I am loud. Who is this group of people? Who am I looking at right now? Okay, citizen, yeah, but what does that mean, right? Who are we? And so, friends, what I want to do tonight is I want to answer the question, who are we? And you guys already know, the only way we can do this is from Scripture, right? This shapes our identity. This is what you're going to be able to go home, and you may remember some funny stories about Sam's crazy family, but ultimately, the truth that you're going to learn today comes from the Scriptures. And so open up your Bibles. You can open up your notes there. We got just one verse today. It's really simple. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. And I'll challenge you, if you guys want to memorize it, come back next week, quote it to me, I'm going to give you a high five, all right? I know, listen, listen, don't all that, not all at once, but I want you to memorize Ephesians 2.19, because it's going to answer our question tonight. Who are we? Let's read it. So then, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. One verse tonight, guys. Let's look at it again. Right at, right at the beginning of verse 19. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Sam, I have someone sitting next to me, and I'm pretty sure he's an alien. What are you talking about, right? I guess there were some people in high school that I was like, is he related to E.T.? Anybody know any aliens? Is that what Paul's talking about here? You used to be aliens, but you're not anymore? No, no. Do you guys know what strangers and aliens are here? 
Let me, let me paint a picture for you before you guys go back and tell your parents that I just called you all like ET, extraterrestrials. Listen, listen. It says you are no longer aliens and strangers. An alien back in this day was someone who would leave their land, right? They'd get kicked out of their country, and now here they are in a different land. There's no hotels, right? They can't go just go, man, I don't know anybody here. I'm going to stay at the Ramada. And no, they're, they're in a different country. Can you imagine how lonely it would be if you went to a different country? They didn't speak your language. You didn't know anybody there. You're an outsider, right? Aliens here were outsiders. They were disconnected. They were lonely. They had no home. They didn't belong. People looked at them funny. And everyone knew that as you walked into this country, they go, oh, look at him. His skin looks different, or I know he doesn't speak the language. He is an outsider. That's what an alien means. Can you imagine how lonely that would be, right? Imagine. Imagine you walk into a new school, I don't know, hypothetically speaking, and you don't know anybody. But, oh, by the way, all the students there speak a different language from you. And they shun you. I mean, he's talking about aliens, lonely individuals. But not only is the situation hard, not only are they worried about this environment that they're not familiar with, they're also, look what else it says. It says that they're strangers. So not only is the situation hard, but they have no one to do it with, right? It's not like we're lonely together, right? It's not like our little community. They don't know anybody. There's no relationship. They're disconnected. No one knows them. So now they're lonely, but they're also isolated. Does that make sense? Like, I still think it's E.T. You can think that, but I'm telling you what it means here. It's these strangers and aliens are people that are isolated and lonely individuals. But friends, let me help you answer the question a little bit tonight. Who are you? I can tell you who you're not. I can tell you who we're not. We are not isolated and lonely individuals. But we used to be, right? Look what it says. Look at the text. You got, let's just look at There's only a few words. Let's look at it carefully. Look what it says. It goes, so then you are no longer. So friends, you guys, me and you and all of us, we are not isolated and lonely individuals, but we used to be. We used to be. Before God entered our story, before Jesus saved us, I think Paul says that we could have described ourselves as lonely, isolated individuals. Think about why, right? It's not simply like, well, before Jesus, I had no friends, and now I have friends. No, no, I'm not, it's not a social thing. Think about what it is about life that makes us so isolated without God. When you don't live for God, if you're in this room, if there's people in this world who have not surrendered their life to God, if they have not come to a place where they said, Lord, save me, there's, the Bible says that they're still slaves to sin. It says that they're, 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 overwhelmed, they're consumed by this desire to live for themselves, to do things their way, right? That's what the Bible calls sin. What does sin do? I'm sure this has never happened in this room, but imagine a group of friends, and one person sins against another, and you just pretend like nothing ever happened and move on, right? No. What does sin do? <clears throat> you guys are laughing, huh? What does sin do? Sin divides us. Sin destroys relationships. Jake, stand up. Me and Jake are boys. Oh, it's my boy. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, it's so good. Hey, by the way, I saw your phone on the, on the thing over there, and I threw it down the steps. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing, right? Yeah, my boy, dude, I just took $20 out of his wallet. Dude, Jake, man. 
dog came over to my lawn. I kicked it half a mile away. Oh, man, Jake, my boy. If I wrong Jake, we're not here anymore. We're not here anymore, right? Sin divides us. Sin gets in the way. And so the reason why these people pre-God can be described as aliens and strangers is because they're still consumed by sin. They haven't experienced the power of the God that we sung about. They haven't experienced a God who doesn't simply sweep sin under the rug. He redeems us. He forgives us. He reconciles us. He brings people together that have no business being together. And yet, people that don't know God, they don't know this power. People that don't know God haven't experienced what it's like to confess your sin to someone, right? And to have them in the name of Jesus say, dude, you're forgiven. They haven't experienced that. And so they still have these, this sin, and it divides them. It breaks their relationships this way, so they're isolated. It breaks their relationships this way, so they're not in the family of God. But for those of us who have experienced the power of God for salvation, the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. For those of us who have experienced this, this is not us. If you're in this room and you've heard the call of Jesus Christ to say, come and follow me. If, you've in, if you're in this room and you said yes, this is not you. If you're in this room and you've said, yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will stop living for myself. Help me to live in the family of God. If that's you, you're no longer a stranger and a citizen, or a stranger and an alien. And said, look at who you are. But, in contrast, you're no longer a stranger, an alien, a stranger and an alien, but you are, a fel- you are fellow citizens. Everybody say fellow citizens. We're changing the name of our youth group to fellow citizens. And then we'll just shorten it for fellow. So the new name of our youth group is fellow. All in favor? Yeah, yeah. All the seniors who are graduating are like, yeah, down with the ship, burn the name, best class ever, seniors. Do any seniors really sound like that? No, I'm sorry. I apologize, right? <clears throat> but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So guys, you are not isolated individuals. Instead, we are the community of God. Who are we? It says it right here that we are the community of God. Think about it. I, I, I wish we had like, like actors who can like act like strangers and aliens. I don't know what they would look like, but just imagine. They're like... In, rags I don't know but like so imagine these individuals that they're wandering in a country that they don't know anyone they have no home they're walking on these dusty roads looking through warm windows and what do they see on the windows families like mine crazy and cool huddled around a fireplace eating some Christmas turkey right they're strangers they're aliens they're disconnected they have nowhere that they belong and that's how Paul describes people before God but look what happens When God enters the story, those people are now brought inside the home. Look what it says. It says you are in the household of God. God has a house, and he's brought us into it. And so now just, I I wish, man, I wish there was more evocative language I could use to, to picture. You were outside, isolated, and now you're inside the warm home, and God is your father. And he said, you are my son or my daughter. You're now part of the community of God. Your home. That's what has happened to us. That is what he declares. We now have a home. 
Most of you know my story. Um, I'll, I'll be sharing it more at camp. I'm speaking this camp, right? We got three nights, and we're going to go in. So if you're coming to winter camp, get ready. And so I'll share more of my story there. But, but for those of you who don't know, I was adopted, right? My mom, she, she was never with my father. You know, there was just whatever. And so she was already on her, on her own for pregnancy. And she has a baby. And she was addicted to drugs her entire pregnancy. And she has the baby, and she decides... I still like drugs more than this baby. And so my mom actually left me in the hospital, right? Just like discharged herself, peace. So here's the baby in the nursery, never got picked up, right? I was, that, that's the picture. I was a stranger in an alien. I didn't have a home. I didn't even have a name. 11 days old, the, the, the foster agency brings me to Rose and Ralph Cassis. The rest is history, right? Wait, what kind of story is that, right? And then it all happened from there. It's like, I hate reading books like that, right? And then one thing led to another, and then 70 years later, I'm like, dude, what kind of writing is that, right? You're supposed to be giving me those details. So I'll tell you the details. They bring me home at 11 days old. They go through a three-year process of adoption. When it's all said and done, the judge hits the gavel, and at that moment, I officially became part of the household of Cassis. I now had a father. I now had a mother. At three years old, I now had a name. Do you see that? That's going from outside, isolated individual, to now, those who have been saved through Christ are now in the household of God. But guys, when he brought us into the household, guess who else was in there? Look at your text. Look at the Bible. Who else is in the house? God is our father. He's in the living room. Who else is in the house? Who do you see it there? Jesus. Jesus is always the answer, but it's not this time, right? Who else is in the house? Our fellow citizens. Who else is in the house? Our fellow citizens. So guys, here's the reality. That when God saves us, when he takes us off the street, so to speak, when he takes us from being these wandering, isolated individuals in life, and he brings us into the household, and he gives us his name, and he gives us a father, we're not alone. God didn't simply take us and say, you're forgiven, go ahead and play now, son. He saved us, and he brought us together, and he goes, I want to introduce you to your brothers and sisters. God didn't simply save us to give us a get-out-of-jail-free card. He saved us to create in us a family, and there's a community. And so, guys, the reason why you're here right now, the reason why you're gathering, look around. The reason why you're here is not because my mommy made me, my daddy made me. You're in middle school now. You're in high school now. We don't do that anymore, right? I treat you guys like adults. I talk to you like adults. Understand, when we're here, it's because what we have in common is that we've been brought into the house. We're in the family, we are no longer isolated and lonely individuals. We're the community of God. We're members of the same home. We're fellow citizens. Who you are determines what you do. And so friends, here we go. Let me tell you who we are right here. Let's put it together, right? We're not this, we're this. Here's who we are, citizens, right? Here's our mantra for 2016 as we kick off this new year. You want to know who we are? We're a community of students learning to live for Jesus. I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow, right here. Just boom, big chest tat, right? But you just got to make sure that it's like backwards. That way you can look in the mirror, you can read it, right? 
made that mistake last time. I'm like, what's Hiktat, right? Thanks. Right? We are a community of students learning to live for Jesus. So you're going to school, and your friend's like, dude, what are you doing tonight, man? I'm going to citizens. What citizens? Oh, it's my community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. You're at your football game, and you see a bunch of people cheering for you, and you're like, dude, you're not even playing. Who are those people? Yeah, those are my citizens. What citizens? We're a community of students learning to live for Jesus. You're in the cafeteria, right? And you're walking down the hallway, and people come up to you, and they start high-fiving you out of nowhere, and they're being all goofy. And you're like, dude, I've never seen those people in my life. Who are they? Those are my fellow citizens. What citizens? The community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. And that's why we're here. And so here's how I want to respond. The band, you guys can come up. And guys, man, that, that again, I'm not literally going to get a tattoo, but I'm going to tattoo that to my heart, right? Because my prayer and my desire is that this year you guys would understand who you are. We don't want to come every Wednesday night. Guys, look at me. I don't want you to come here every Wednesday night, check in your card, and peace out and go, I did my event for the week. We're not trying to just do events every week. We are a community of students. You know what we're doing? We're learning. We're failing at times. We're sinning against each other. We're confessing, all these other things. But we're learning to live for Jesus. And we're doing it together. And so here's how I want us to respond, right? For the next seven weeks, and we'll even go to after camp, we're going to continue this series. And it's called We Are. All right. Who you are determines what you do. And so tonight we answered the first question. Who are we? Who are you, Tucker? Who are you, Thug Life? Right. Who are we? And now that we've answered this question, we are a community of students learning to live for Jesus. Now we have another question. And then what do we do? Jake, if this is a group of students learning to live for Jesus, if that's who we are, what do we do? What's our culture? What are things that we do? What are things that we don't do? What are we going to be like? And we're going to answer those questions over the next seven weeks, all right? Every week we're going to do a different we are, right? We sing, we give, we serve, we Bible. I can't think of a verb yet for that one, so if you come up with one, text me, all right? We read. <laughs> Six-hour plane ride. She got it in three seconds. We read. <laughs> Dude, don't laugh. You didn't think of it either. Wow. Who are we? We are. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take our cue from Scripture. And we're, for the next several weeks, we're going to say, Lord, show me what you want me to be like. Show us what you want this community of students to look like. Show us what our culture should be. Show us what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. And we're going to take our cue from the Lord. But guys, before we do that, there's one thing we need to do, and we're going to do it tonight. There's one thing. We can't proceed. We can't move forward before we do this one thing. Surrender. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, surrender. Surrender. Before we go forward, and be, before we go forward and say, Lord, shape this community, this is what we have to do. Eyes up here, eyes up here. Here's what we have to do. Ready? Here's what we have to do. Gotta do this. Hands up, right? We just gotta go, all right. All right, God, 
do in us what you want to do in us. God, show me what it means to change the culture here. Because you know what a lot of people think, guys? A lot of people think, oh, we're changing the culture. We're changing the lights. Oh, yeah. Bro, we got like a band. Oh my gosh, look at the stage. We changed the culture. No, you know what it means when God shapes a culture? It means he changes you, changes you, he shapes you, he develops you, he changes you, he moves you, he adds this, he removes this. When we're saying, God, build this community, we're saying, God, start with me. 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 And so here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to stand up to your feet. And here's how we're going to respond, all right? And this is not for everyone. I'm going to join you, Andy. This is not for everyone. But here's how I want to respond. I want those of you, if your prayer is this, if your prayer is, God, I surrender. If you understand that God is building a community here and you want to be a part of it, if you want to experience God changing you, if you want to take your cue for 2016 and be the person, if you want to be the citizen that God wants you to be, I'm going to call you to respond. And in a few moments, Andy's going to start singing. And I want you to come down here, okay? And I want you to come and, and because I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to move. I don't want you to be distracted by the people around you. I want you to come forward as a statement that says, yes, God, I surrender. Change me. Show me what it means to be a citizen. And again, not everybody. Don't, let's not make this an emotional thing. Oh, well, everybody's up there. No. I want you to think about it. And if you are willing to pray the prayer, God, change me. If you're willing to pray the prayer, Show me what it means to be a citizen. And then I'll invite you to come down. And we're going to sing. And we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord. And what we'll do is we'll have staff members and peers and, and even upperclassmen. Feel free to pray for middle schoolers. Let's have a moment here tonight where we're praying, God, we surrender. We want to be the culture that you want us to be. And that means changing in our hearts. And so, Andy, you can lead us. Feel free to come.